0: Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across, uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, Plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a kakadu smoothie. Welcome to Brainstuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Brainstuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Almost a decade ago, scientists introduced the world to patient SM. At first glance, the 44 year old mother of three seemed to lead a pretty average life. But upon closer observation, she exhibited one rare and somewhat troubling characteristic she had no fear. Researchers wrote, To provoke fear in SM, we exposed her to live snakes and spiders, took her on a tour of a haunted house, and showed her emotionally evocative films. On no occasion did SM exhibit fear, and she never endorsed feeling more than minimal levels of fear. The reason? SM had lipoid proteinosis, or Warbach-Vita syndrome, a rare condition that damaged an important structure in her brain called the amygdala. But aside from plowing fearlessly through some of life's unsettling triggers, SM functioned relatively normally, which begs the question, can you live without the amygdala? But let's back up a tiny step. What is the amygdala? Located deep within the brain's temporal lobes sits an almond-shaped mass of cells, or nuclei. That's your amygdala. It's a bit misleading to think of the structure as one single unit, since there are actually two parts to it, each one located in opposite hemispheres of the brain. But for general purposes, the distinct halves are considered as one part of the limbic system, which are the brain structures involved in matters of emotions and motivations. The amygdala specifically is associated with memory storage and the processing of emotions like anger, pleasure, and, yep, you guessed it, fear. One major part of the amygdala's role is its responsibility in fear conditioning, an associative learning process that allows us to learn through repeated experience to be scared of something. That learning process happens because experiences change our brain's circuitry and form new memories. This concept was pretty clearly illustrated in a 1920 experiment, which was totally unethical by today's standards, involving an 11-month-old infant known as Little Albert. Scientists John Watson and Rosalie Rayner wanted to see what would happen if they paired Albert's perfectly natural fear of loud noises with a stimulus he seemed to be pretty neutral about, in this case, a white rat. Watson and Rayner allowed Albert to reach for the rat, and every time he did, they struck a hammer against a steel bar. After seven repetitions of this pairing, Albert started bursting into tears at the very sight of the rat, no hammer needed. Because of this fear conditioning, his amygdala had linked the disturbing noise with the neutral stimulus, and the latter now elicited fear without the former. Unfortunately for poor Albert, and again, this type of experiment would not go down today, the experiment led him to develop a generalized fear of things that even resembled the white rat, so white coats and white dogs would freak him out too. But back to patient SM. On the surface, her fearlessness seems kind of funny, charming even. Her kids even got a kick out of it. Her eldest son once wrote, "'Me and my brothers see this snake on the road. I was like, holy cow, that's a big snake!' Well, mom just ran over there and picked it up and brought it out of the street and put it in the grass and let it go on its way. She would always tell me how she was scared of snakes and stuff like that, but then all of a sudden, she's fearless of them. But while navigating life without anxiety may seem somewhat exciting, and patient SM has made it clear that a person can survive perfectly well without an intact amygdala, the absence of natural fear can be dangerous, even potentially fatal. A complete lack of suspicion or distrust meant SM was vulnerable in many ways— Once, while walking through a small park at 10 p.m., a man accosted S.M. and held a knife to her throat. According to researchers, quote, in the distance, she could hear the church choir singing. She looked at the man and confidently replied, if you're going to kill me, you're going to have to go through my God's angels first. The man suddenly let her go. And if that wasn't strange enough, S.M. didn't flee the scene. She simply walked home. And she walked past the same park the next day and showed no signs of fear or avoidance. She just didn't have it in her. That wasn't the only time SM walked right into seriously risky situations and emerged unscathed and unbothered. Researchers say she was once physically accosted by a woman twice her size, she was nearly killed in an act of domestic violence, and on more than one occasion, she's been explicitly threatened with death. What stands out most is that in many of these situations, SM's life was in danger, yet her behavior lacked any sense of desperation or urgency. But while SM has been held up as the prime example of a fearless, amygdala-less life, more recent research has indicated that the connection between the two characteristics isn't so clear. According to a study published in the journal Nature Neuroscience, people with damaged amygdalas did still report feelings of intense fear, and some even felt more fear than those with normally functioning amygdalas. The study looked at participants with the same super-rare genetic condition that caused SM's amygdala damage, Werbach-Vita disease— Less than 300 people have been found to have it since it was discovered in 1929. Orbach-Vita disease causes three main types of symptoms—an extremely hoarse voice, small bumps around the eyes, and calcium deposits in the brain. The amygdala happens to be the spot in the brain where these deposits form. Researchers found that watching horror films did nothing to incite fear in participants with this disorder, but they were curious whether exposing them to carbon dioxide would induce a fear reaction— The amygdala plays a big part in detecting carbon dioxide, and when it detects higher concentrations of it in the blood, a possible sign that suffocation is occurring, it can cause a person to feel panic. Contrary to what seemed logical, when participants with Werbach-Wietze syndrome breathed in air that was 35% carbon dioxide, they freaked out. So, what's the deal? A researcher's wrote... Results indicate that the amygdala is not required for fear and panic and make an important distinction between fear triggered by external threats from the environment versus fear triggered internally by carbon dioxide. So, can you live without the amygdala? Yes. Can you live safely and securely without it? Still unclear, but scientists are working to figure it out. This episode was written by Michelle Konstantinovsky and produced by Tyler Klang. Brainstuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more on this and lots of other brainy topics, visit our home planet, howstuffworks.com. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.